Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Talking Comics Podcast. It's January 22nd, 2020, otherwise known as New Comic Book Day. You're listening to episode number 426. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me this week are Mr. Bob Ryer. What day is it? I thought it was a different date, but that's just me. <gasps> we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Joey Bracino is also here. Oh, hello. Hello. Uh, so yeah, time travel. Woo! Woo! It is actually on the day that we are recording this. It is January nineteenth. Happy birthday! Thank you. Oh wait, no, we can't. We can't do that. Can't do the birthday song. Don't want to pay Paul McCartney. Nope, nope, nope. No money. No, we definitely don't. Not a monetized podcast. No. Although, Paul McCartney, if you are listening and you want to monetize this podcast, we can talk. Uh, yeah, so it's my birthday. I am um, I'm 39 years old Good today. God. I know. Uh, I was born at like around 9 o'clock in the morning uh, at St. Charles Hospital and then was uh, very quickly pushed off to Stony Brook Hospital because I had a bad heart. So that was what I was doing 39 years ago this morning. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Happy birthday also uh, to a friend of the pod and uh, my man, J.P. Ahonen. It is also his birthday. We oh. were born on the same day. He's also 39 today. We were born on the same day at the same time in two different parts of the world we found out when uh, i interviewed him at comic-con uh over a couple of years that was awesome that was a really cool revelation uh for us as we were sitting there it was real cool anyway uh yeah birthday business let's see i've been away uh for the last couple of days so if this show is um we're gonna do what we can if it's a little discombobulated it's because we're having a very um not a rough start to the year, but 2020 has been a little bit um, harried for us in terms of gathering people to record and what days and what we're doing. But anyway, uh, we have an absolutely awesome interview with Ryan North coming at you. I believe that's going to come out on Thursday. Ryan North interview coming out. Uh, that was with Joey and Bob. And uh, I presume that you guys had a lot of fun doing that. It was awesome. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Sarah is still with us. Uh, we're still talking with Jess, trying to figure out uh, a schedule to bring her back to the show as well. And uh, I think around probably around February, we will be on a more even keel uh, with what we're doing and uh, going to try to come up with a couple of 
new uh, show ideas, just little things we can do throughout the year, uh, kind of mix it up a little bit. And, um, you know, thanks for sticking with us and hanging out with us and everything and listening and downloading and whatnot. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. Okay, so I just got back from Florida yesterday evening. Bronwyn and I flew out to go and visit my family in Jacksonville. Uh, my mom, my stepdad, my sister, her husband, and her two kids all live out there now. And we had a really good time. I don't want to go on and on about it because uh, we did a lot of stuff. But we went to the Jacksonville Alligator Farm. Yo, Ooh. that place is so much fun. If you ever get the chance, it's like 130 years that that alligator farm has been around. And let me tell you something. When you see like an over 15 foot crocodile just kind of chilling out and you're like face to face with it. Of course, there's plexiglass between you. But oh, man, those things. I love alligators. I love crocodiles. They're like living dinosaurs. And they're so cool. And they are such weird animals. First of all, they're adorable but they're also terrifying. Uh, we watched uh, about 250 of them get fed at the same time. They were fed like these uh, like protein pellets and then rats from a hook and watching them leap out of the water and like snap at the rats and bring them down and fight over them and whatnot. Really, really, really awesome to see. We saw a bunch of birds. We saw some sloths, monkeys, snakes, it was great. It was really, really great. Uh, I also got lots of time with family, which was really nice. My nieces are turning into incredible little women. I'm so proud of them. I haven't seen them in two and a half years. Not only have they grown, but their personalities are really beginning to take shape. The older one of the two is definitely going into that uh, quiet one-word answer phase where she just has her face in her phone. She really loves TikTok. Uh, there's a TikTok video of us together floating around on the internet. Uh, you can probably check out my profile to see that. Uh, she does a lot of tumbling outside of school. And so I got to see her like on all these different mats, flipping around, doing like twists oh. in the air and landing them and everything. And, you know... I obviously I have a bias, but among her class and her group, she's definitely the one I'll say with the best sense of balance. And she's already been offered a job uh, to work there when, you know, she's of age to go and work and whatnot. And um, it was really cool. It was really awesome to see her kind of dig her heels into something outside of academics. She absolutely loves math. So she's uh, she's in a lot of like excelled math classes and stuff like that. So she's a smart cookie. The other one, Callie, uh, she just got accepted into this year's talent show, which was uh, which was very exciting. But she she is like an old soul. She's eight years old and she hung out with us more than the other one did. But I mean, she stayed up into the night watching movies with us, watching TV with us, going uh, in the pool and the hot tub and whatever. And when you talk to her, it's like you're talking to an adult. It's crazy. It, she's just absolutely wild. And um, to bring this around to comics a little bit, she you know, wants to show me her bedroom when we get there. And one of the first things I see on her bookshelf is Kristen's Making Friends. Wow. 
And so she's a huge fan of Kristen's and we had given her that book. And I, you know, told her where the book came from, that it comes from a friend and all these things. And I don't think she really grasped it back then. So I basically explained to her who Kristen is and that she knows she does the art. She does the writing. And so she was just wide eyed and fascinated. She's really like, yeah. And so she didn't know that there was a sequel uh, back to the drawing board. So we went out to Barnes and Noble and we picked her up the uh, the second volume of Making Friends. And so she's going to read it and then we're going to FaceTime about it and and have like our own little comic book se- uh, session. And I left my sister with a list of graphic novels to purchase uh, for her, like, you know, over the course of, of the year. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have like a little uh meeting about about the books something that that her and i can do together from a distance until we can mm-hmm. hang out again so comics bringing uh bringing people bring together. families together since 1938 yeah uh got to see my mom got some hugs got some kisses saw my sister my probably my favorite moment with my sister throughout the whole time was she like pulled me up close and whispered into my ear she's like i like you now and so she didn't like, like oh, you before is the no. unspoken thing. Yeah, that's terrible. My sister and I are polar opposites. Oh, I okay. cannot stress that enough. We are nothing. We are everything and nothing alike. Um, but I, you know, I've grown a lot and I've, and I've, I've been through a lot of stuff since I've moved to Canada and I'm a different person now. And I think she really saw that. And, uh, we had some really great conversations throughout the couple of days and, uh, Yeah. I mean, I was totally ready to go home <laughs> after three days. Like, that was kind of hitting my limit. But it was a really, really lovely time and uh, just a great way to celebrate with, with everybody and see them again. I'll see them again in March when we go to my stepbrother's wedding. But uh, this was – we won't get as much time with them uh, during that trip because I want to see you guys and and everything. So, um, yeah, super cool. Um I'll be 40 years old next year. Kind of wild. Uh, I was not supposed to live this long when I was little. And uh, it's, you know, it's really nice to still be around and to uh, still be enjoying everybody's company and all the things that I get to do. And uh, I'm just feeling very uh, thankful for for all that. So look, 40 is a piece of cake. It really is. Turning 39 was harder because in in your head. And here I'm going to be 40 and you, you let that, you can let that infect your thoughts. And all of a sudden it, well, well, who cares when it finally happens? So I'm giving you this thing in advance. Don't worry about getting to be 40. It's fine. All right. Now getting to be 60. That was something else altogether. <laughs> My concerns have been whisked away. Yeah. So let's see. So this podcast, we've got some books for you. We're going to be talking about some trailers. They, uh, the movies that we're going to be talking about at the end of this year are already starting to come out. Marvel and Sony have released a trailer for Morbius uh, starring Jared Leto. And Valiant is coming to the big screen with uh, Vin Diesel starring as uh, Bloodshot. So we'll talk about those new trailers a little bit later. And... Um, I don't know. I think that, that might be it. We'll find out. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, Bob, what um, what have you been reading since uh, since the last time we recorded? Well, it is a couple of weeks and there's a little mishmash. But um, Steeple Number Five, John Allison, Sarah Stern, Jim Campbell. That's the finale. 
although it does end with a to-be-continued banner, which Ooh. I hope is the case, because this issue features some major shifts in the status quo. Okay. You know, and, and as befitting what John Allison always does, it's been a fun, quirky journey, and you get a really nice, unrushed look at how people differ and can come back together as we look at Billy and Maggie, our protagonists from both sides of the uh, God-Satan debate, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But that does, that gets changed up a little bit, is all I'm going to say. It's a lot of fun. So, okay, so we don't have a confirmation yet that there's going to be more, but the, the to-be-continued banner should be a sign of good things to come. It's a well, pretty it's a cl- significant to-be-continued. Yes, it is. It's okay. A, it's a cliffhanger. Do you think it's going to go giant days long? Uh, nah. No. I don't no, know about that's... that. <laughs> But if the sales were good, and I assume they are, I think it will continue. That's awesome. Could That's be, it could be a while because he's got wicked things coming first. So may have to wait till after that. So maybe later in the year? Who knows? Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Also read Deadpool 2, Kelly Thompson, Chris Barcelo, that the whole crew. Yeah. And it, that takes another leap, too, because we're still on Monster, formerly Staten Island. Deadpool's the king. But because of the changes, they have some visitors. Captain America shows up as an interested bystander, I guess. And we also see who's been behind some of the shenanigans on Monster Island. And that is dun, 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 Craven the Hunter. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. It's always Craven. It's always Craven who wants nothing more than to hunt some monsters and do some stuff. And that gets him in with Deadpool and Elsa and even a final page confrontation with Jeff the Landshark. <laughs> I miss Craven interacting with Doreen. That was some of the best Craven that I've ever read. The Ryan well, I'll, 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 I'll spoil something with the interview we had with Ryan because we did that one already. Shh. Uh, he he loves Craven too. <laughs> Did he ever have like a replica of the Craven made no, for him? I would hope so. Oh, that would make no. a great Funko Pop or something like that, or like a side uh, uh, was that sideshow? Yeah, fun rides or whatever that thing was. Yeah, 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 yeah. sideshow collectibles. That would be me. I would buy that. I would actually put money down for that. That would be incredible. I'd be up for that. Uh, also read a I guess you'd call it a David Avalon double feature. Got Betty Page Unbound, number nine, and Mistress Elvira, Mr. of the Dark, number 11. Both of which are apparently coming to an end, at least according to the solicitations for February and March. Hmm. Uh, look, these two particularly, it's they're both very meta, filled with puns and craziness, and David Avalon has really captured those two iconic women very, very nicely and very particularly for their time periods and from what I've seen of Elvira over the years and so what I've read and seen about Ms. Page. And it just fun sort of ways to use these characters in other ways than you'd expect. So That's I'll cool. be sad to see those off my list. My, my pull list is shrinking as we speak. Oh, already? There are oh, no books yeah. coming out ever again. No, well, it's, it's going to have to find new ones. I think I'm at well, I'll be at two DC books, 
with the changes in Catwoman. It turns out it's not Blake Northcutt's doing a one shot or something. Mm-hmm. But we have new folks on Catwoman coming forward. So I'll have to wait and see on that. And Marvel's got lots of miniseries coming. So that could be fun. That could be different. Not to mention there's a whole bunch of X news that Joey, I think, will be talking about as we move on in the show mm-hmm. here today. Yeah, January's been a bit of, um, I wouldn't say a slow start. Obviously, there have been some books that have come out. Uh, it just it feels quiet. Like everybody's kind of gearing up yeah. for for stuff. Yeah. Especially given how much ended last in the last months of last year, you'd think that Absolutely. like new month, let's go. Nope. Yeah. I think Image is putting out like four books this week or four or five books this week. I'm like, what? Mm. Yeah. Well, did you yeah. see the interview with Eric Stevenson? Mm. No. Where he was a state of the industry kind of thing, and he was talking about there are just too many books out. And he yeah. pointed the finger at, at them too, that they're going to do a much better job of trying to. Yeah, that was really good. That's a really good pitch, but we've got three other books like that. Yeah. So maybe we'll hold that for a little later, and come back around. They also talked about making sure that their books were mostly finished before they got solicited. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. that's probably good. But also yeah. the market's just too diluted. There's just too many things coming out. I mean, Image has five books this week, but Marvel has 40. So it's like, what? <laughs> I have to say, like, I, I in losing a bunch of books last year, I was kind of going into this year being like, well, what am I going to read? And then I realized that without those other books, there are bound to be like this year could end up being a year where a bunch of brand new stuff ends up getting nominated for for awards at the end of uh of 2020 yeah. well it has to well yeah no but like i'm i'm excited by that like part of my whole spiel for uh for my books this week is the idea of reading new characters and 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 something that i haven't seen before and i just i'm i'm looking forward to being like this new number one was really exciting and you know can't wait to check out more of it or new miniseries being released. I have no idea what the graphic novel schedule is for this year. So lots of, you know, surprises and stuff. I don't know. This speak, mystery. Yeah. Speaking of number one, did anyone read star? Oh, uh, I did. yeah, I did. Okay. What does everyone think? When did the reality stone thing happen? Yes. I would like to know as well. I think it's between the panels. Cause I tried to reread that moment in, uh, Captain Marvel. It might have happened as she gained her Kree powers, but I, it, it doesn't. It doesn't seem as clear. I'm trying to think what else. Because Kelly Thompson is doing. I, I was trying to figure out where else Star would have appeared that that would have happened, and I was like, when was that Infinity Wars thing? Like, I don't. There's just a bunch yeah. of events that obviously Actually, we have paid so. zero so. attention to. You know. Um, so my guess is it happened someplace like that. I, yeah. I mean, star number one was, was cool. I liked the character a lot. Um, I was just wondering the, the, the continuity of that. Like, when did that happen? And there's yeah, no like Infinity recap Wars page is... really to like, give me that. Not to say when. Yeah. I think your Infinity Wars guess is pretty good. Mm. Cause I didn't read that. So I would have missed that if it happened. I'm gonna look it up. That right was now. a, that was the thing that was tripping me up about this book too, was I really didn't understand where the reality stone had come into it. And I'm not sure that I understand how she's able to wield it. So, um, 
a little a little more information about how this run came to be would be cool but as far as action and introduction of characters that are going to be involved in the story i thought it was a lot of fun yeah um there's a lot of attitude going around in this book with uh, all the characters that are here and uh there's a surprise guest at the end uh i do have one complaint though mm-hmm. not enough felipe andre there's one page it's a flashback um, I want more, more flashbacks then <laughs> because I miss him. I love yeah. his art so much. And I mean, the, the, the rest of the art is really great too. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm still, I need time to get to know the character, get comfortable with kind of her motivations and attitude. Like I said, like there's going to be a lot of new stuff this year and uh Every now and again, it takes it takes a little bit more to to warm up on me. But any book that includes um, was it, it? How do you pronounce this? Titania. Yeah. yeah. Titania. Yeah. Both Titania. are fine. Yeah. She's great. She's great. Anytime that she shows up in a book, I get very excited. Uh, and uh, their fight is uh, ah, it's it's pretty it's pretty epic. It's not the most epic thing yeah. I've ever seen, but it's awesome. Um, like to see yeah. more of that bar they meet in too. I'm yeah, really that's glad awesome. to see like more so than I have opinions on on the first issue itself. I'm just excited to see Kelly Thompson introducing her own character and and you know establishing somebody new in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. I like that she's working at that level for them and that they're trusting her to do this. Obviously, they must have loved the pitch or seen some major potential in the character because honestly i don't know how this character is going to go you know so far she's been extremely villainous and i don't know if this is going to be a villain book or if she's going to go the hero route so i'm i'm excited to see where it goes yeah all i uh, actually i looked it up and it actually was not in infinity wars it literally just says like somehow she escaped from the raft and was merged with the reality stone so maybe maybe we'll find out oh i like that Cool. Catch back up to Star. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Javier Pina and Felipe Andrade on art with uh, Jesus uh, Obertov on colors. And of course, Clayton Cowles. Of course. Everywhere. Clayton Cowles. Everywhere. Everywhere. All the time. Uh, Bob, do you have any other books? I did read Valkyrie, Jane Foster, which is I... what it says in the bottom of the thing, and it's number seven. It's. Fighting the death of death. What? So a very, right, it's a ver- death is dying. So there's a team of, as it says on the cover, Marvel's medics assemble. So <laughs> okay. it's Doctor Strange and Night Nurse and, of course, Doctor Jane Foster oh. trying, trying to help in these other realms. And they're shown some bad things about deaths in their own lives and... There's a debate as if you've ever seen, well, the I, the one you would know, I guess, is Meet Joe Black, which is a three-hour version of the old 83-minute uh, movie, Death Takes a Holiday. Oh, that's the Brad Pitt and Anthony, um, Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was done much better with Frederick March back in the 30s because it, it only took half as long to tell. But it's where mm-hmm. Death d- Death decides, he does, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to hang out here. We'll see what happens. From- I heard from a, a listener, uh, you know who you are, that, that that particular issue was really, really good. So 
in in addition to the plot, like how did it land for you when you read it? Oh, absolutely. I've been really enjoying this series. Mm-hmm. Now, this one, a lot of the issues have had you know a large soupçon of humor thrown Ooh. into the mix. This is a little more serious. That's a lot more serious. Okay. Jane as I a can... character, though, allows you to do all sorts of things. Hmm. And so seeing, you know, moving forward, I don't know if Jason Aaron's going to continue or it's just going to be Al Ewing or we're moving to people entirely new. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, is if Aaron was still writing on the book. Yes, he is. Yeah, he okay. and Al Ewing are splitting it. Hmm. Uh, and I saw there was a preview for uh, Amethyst, Amy Reader's Amethyst. Amy Reader, yes. That looks really good. The, I mean, obviously, Amy Reader's artwork is is to die for. I just it looks very energetic and very cool fantasy worlds and stuff like that. I'm excited to see her play in that realm when that when that book comes out. I'm very excited about that. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So is that it? Yes. By the way, Jane Foster number nine, which isn't due out for months in, in into March, is listed as written by Jason Aaron and Torin Gronbeck. Okay. So there you go. Whatever mm. that's worth. Mm. Somebody so maybe. Yeah, maybe Al Ewing is uh, moving on. Yeah. Guess we'll find out. Alrighty. So. Uh, I could talk about some books. I didn't get to read a whole lot uh, because I've I've been away since the last time we recorded. But um, I did get to catch up with The Batmans. I finished King's Run. I went back and I so I read the whole City of Bane story arc. So that was numbers 75 uh, into 86 which is now uh, James Tynan uh, the fourth is writing that with Tony S. Daniel on pencils, Danny Mike on inks and uh, Tamo Mori on colors and Clayton Cowles. There he is again yeah. on letters. And so, yeah, I much, I say this on the show a lot. And because this is just, I guess the way I read or process information or whatever, I always tend to fare better reading something a uh, second time around and i have to say like i i liked the finale for for batman i it did leave me feeling a bit like there was more to the story that perhaps because they'd shortened it from i think it was 100 issues to 85 that maybe there was some stuff left on the cutting room floor uh, I don't know that I felt the the impact of of the finale, but there were definitely some pieces uh, there that you know uh, Tynan is now picking up for for eighty six that I think are are really cool. But uh, man, Thomas Wayne, he's uh, he's not a good he's guy. He's a character, that guy. Yeah. Oh man, he's I a just... real heel. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to. To reading Tynan's Run. Okay, so let me let me get into this. Uh, I read 86, and I really really dug it. I read it the other night, and I kind of sat on it for for a day or two. And first thing it did is it introduced me to characters that I don't know that I've ever met them. Villains, uh, Cheshire, Merlin, Gunsmith, and Mister Teeth. Are these existing characters? Yeah. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know them from a hole in the wall. I think I have heard of Merlin, but I've definitely not heard of uh, Cheshire, Gunsmith, or Mr. Teeth. So right off the bat, Tynan introducing me to characters that I've never read before was it got me jazzed because that's what I want. I feel like every time that I pick up a bat book, it's always the Joker, the Riddler. And of course they're going to show up and they're in the background making their plans and stuff like that. But as a follow-up to the King stuff, I think it's really cool that Tynan appears to be kind of picking up that thread and running with it and, and using that as a springboard for his own story. And so uh, if you've not read Tynan's Batman 86, it's about two weeks out by now. Um, I might be talking a little bit of spoilers for this conversation. So if you don't want to know anything about Tynan's first Batman, uh, maybe skip ahead a little bit, but much of the plot deals with Bruce Wayne slash Batman wanting to invest in Gotham. And so for ever since he was a kid, he's been kind of like doodling on napkins and stuff of things that he would build for the city of Gotham to make it better. And this is something that Alfred throughout the years has watched him do, has always found it kind of endearing and ingenious and and he's been collecting these ideas for throughout the years and so the book begins spoilers for king's bat run but uh in the city of bane arc bane kills alfred and he does he does not come back he is dead uh in the bat universe for the moment he is he is no longer alive and um you know i I absolutely love Alfred as a character. I always have. And so to lose that character, I was very sore about that. But I was wondering, like, it wasn't really addressed a whole lot in uh, in this the City of Bane thing. Like, There was one issue dedicated to it. But then there was so much else going on with the Thomas Wayne and the Bane, and the Bane stuff that I felt like it didn't get the attention that it deserved. And so I was really glad to see that Tynan was, was picking up the pieces of that. And so for for me, this is very much this beginning of his arc is very much processing the loss of Alfred and honoring his memory by putting those ideas that are on those napkins to good use. And I think that's not only is that very sweet, but I think that that's a cool angle to start a new story. Batman's also got some new toys. He's got something called the Night Climber, which it looks like if Kite Man could get Bruce Wayne or um, Lucius Fox to design kites for him, he would have it made because this glider is just absolutely awesome. And I really wanted Batman to take off from the roof and say, hell yeah. And he didn't. So... Yeah, but it's got to happen eventually. Uh, I have to say, also going back to King's Run, really, 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 really loved the Kite Man stuff throughout that entire 1 to 85, taking such a bit character and making him such a relatable kind of bumbling villain wrapped up in all of this stuff with all of these crazy high-level, you know, rogues of Gotham or whatever. 
um, con- consistently coming back to him to kind of give you like the everyday uh, villain perspective on all of it was was really really neat. I liked how King's Run kind of ended with uh, Bruce and uh, and Kite Man sitting in a bar talking about uh, like a football game, baseball game, or something, some kind of sports event. And uh, but yeah, I, I think I think the beginning to Tynan's run uh, was really promising. And there's another issue coming out this week that I, I'm definitely looking forward to reading. And yeah, it felt good to to get caught up. I really I like most of the artwork from uh, from Tony Daniel. I think maybe he there's a little bit of um. you guys ever play NBA Jam. Sure. You know, big head mode. Right. Yeah, there's a little bit of big head okay. mode going on. In some <laughs> I see of these, what you're saying. Yeah. Some of these Selena panels and stuff. I think the in costume stuff is a little bit better uh, than the out of costume stuff, but that it, it is a very very mild. Uh, it's not even a complaint. It's just an observation. The there's a couple of crazy villains that show up in this issue. There's one page with uh, let's just say an assassin type character that is just gorgeous and there's also some really disgusting uh like corrosive body horror stuff going on in this issue as well that uh catwoman's kind of watching this guy just deteriorate right in front of her eyes and it's completely gross and you know kind of showing a little bit of the the horror that 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 tynan likes to do and so far, I think it's a good start. I think it's a good mix. And I, I didn't know that I would be excited to, you know, dig my heels into a whole other Batman run. But so far, so good. I uh, I dug it. Joey, you read it too, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I was just taken with it. I. <gasps> it's my birthday. Agree with me. No. Uh, <laughs> the, I, I found it very conventional. In terms of okay. how it's the story's told, I think bringing Tony Tony Daniels on to do a Batman book reinforces that fact mm-hmm. as well. I'm glad they held on to the Selina Kyle and uh, the Alfred yeah. um, storylines from from Tom King's. Um, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed Tom King's, and we talked a lot about how he was telling that story, and even if things didn't always work in terms of how King was, was structuring that narrative and, and, and moving us back and forth between these characters and making big choices for some of these characters. Um, I think overall it worked and it became a story that I wanted to read every other week. Um, When Tynan and Daniels were announced, we said then that this felt like, you know, okay, let's go back to what Batman stories usually look like. Um, Mm-hmm. Look and feel like. it's a safe, safe choice. choice. Yeah, and, definitely. And the, and this first issue, I think, just reinforced that for me. Um, I I will stick with it and see, especially un, until we get more of the the Catwoman, Batwoman, Batwoman, Catman, Catman, Batman, Catman, Batwoman, <laughs> Catman, Batwoman, Batwoman uh, uh, miniseries. Uh, who knows what the the release schedule is for that? So until then, I'll get my fix here. But it just felt conventional to me, and it actually took me a little while to, to really get through that issue. Uh, whereas the Tom King issues, uh, I would I would read those in a few minutes, just like paying it straight through because I was just so interested to see what was going to happen. Um, right. Not that his run, not that his first issues were anything you know to write home about either. It was still a lot of you know those early 
afterbirth yeah. issues were, were yeah. yeah were a little were a little rough but uh it's just hard to come off of 85 issues and be like oh this seems like a step backwards um as opposed to something exciting or something that uh, uh mm-hmm. different yeah i was just i was glad to see that it wasn't a hard reset of circumstances totally like after so many traumatic things had happened in in the the run uh king's run you know just to, like i want to i'm mo- most invested in the emotional blowback of all of that stuff yeah there are a couple of things in, there are a couple of panels like when batman's like it's been a long day sorry lucius like I, he calls him alfred and things like that I yeah. love those beats. Those beats were fantastic. Yeah. Um, if it if it looked different, or if the 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 overall overall story was a little different, maybe I'd be more excited. Yeah, I think that, like you said, it's it, it has conventional uh, pangs to it. I think after whenever they they put a new creator on such a big book, I just I feel like it would be behoove them to take a risk by making it look different visually you know there's just there's a lot of safety yeah going on it feels it feels padded on all sides but i you know i'm there are elements that uh, that i'm i'm really excited to to see where they go i like tynan as a writer and uh artists change all the time you know, like they announced him as the primary artist, but this book comes out every two weeks. So I guess That's we'll right. see. Mm. Now, that was supposed to change, but it didn't yet. Right. So I think we're still into April with two Batmans a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been reading Batman since since the beginning of this podcast with with Snyder's run. I don't think that I've missed anything. I even read um, that Batman Eternal that was coming out. For a while, I mean, obviously, I haven't read every Bat book because that's impossible. Mm-hmm. But you know, the mainline stuff, I, I've always been reading, and I mean, this is the this is the longest that I've read one character, one mainline book. You know, Batman has always been with me since the start of of this show. Uh, so yeah, I you know, optimism, twenty twenty, gotta have it. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm good. I'm good. We'll we'll, we'll see we'll see what uh what Tynan and, and friends can can cook up. I'm 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 looking forward to seeing more characters. Like I said, I I don't know those four characters that are introduced, those four villains at the beginning of this book. Mm. And the idea of it being a bat book and introducing me to anything new will get me jazzed about what you might have planned because it just not that not that it's so simple to write a bat book that you could go on autopilot not saying that i just there's so many villains there's so many themes that you can always fall back on and you know tell in your own way i'm just excited to see something outside the realm of what i've already seen Mm -hmm. so so that's cool yeah, so that was my Batman catch-up. I uh, didn't get to read much else beyond that. I did pick up a, when we were at Barnes & Noble, picking up a book for my niece, I picked up a graphic novel called Cardboard Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Have you guys heard of this? Yeah, I think I know that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's from a few it, years uh, ago. 
Yeah, I haven't I haven't read it yet. I think it came out in oh, so 2018. And it is from Chad Sell with uh Katie Schenkel, Jay Fuller, Michael Cole, and this is there's more. Uh it just looked absolutely adorable. Yeah. And the artwork is super cute. And I've not read it yet, but it looks like to me anyway, just from thumbing through it, I have not read the back of the book, but it looks just like a series, almost like an anthology series or little, little stories, little vignettes of kids pretending to be their favorite superheroes by this, by way of like, you know, cardboard cutouts of like cardboard Hulk hands a uh, cardboard castle to rule from and things like that. There looks to be a Scarlet Witch in the mix here. And it just looks absolutely adorable. And we were in like, you know, the YA kid section. And I love a lot of that stuff. I love the cute books. And so, yeah, I'm going to read that probably for next show. And uh, yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next bit of business. We've got some trailers. Mm. So Sony Marvel at it again with their uh, they're calling it a spider verse. I'm going to call it the venom verse because <laughs> I think it's more appropriate. But uh, Daniel Espinosa is the uh, director. Sorry, director for. Morbius that's coming out starring Jared Leto. Uh, Espinosa also directed that sci-fi movie Life that uh, people were saying for a little while that it was tied to Venom, that they found like the symbiote in that movie. I've never seen Life, wow. so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think it turned out to be true. I just find it entertaining that that rumor was going around. And now here we are with the director of that movie now directing Morbius which uh, is, of course, the story of Michael Morbius, the doctor with, uh, what does he have, a, a rare a rare blood disease? Yeah. yeah, so then he's like, turn me into a vampire. Yep, that's yeah. a movie. It's sort, of like, it's sort of like the lizard. Yep. Yeah. So you got Jared Leto in the lead as Michael Morbius doing the, the, the long hair, beardy vampire bit. <laughs> and um, Jared Harris is in this joint. Uh, Adria Ar- Arjona is also in here. J.K. Simmons. Is he in the trailer? No, J.K. Simmons is not in the trailer, but if he shows up, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, speaking about characters showing up, uh, spoiler alert, if you've not seen a trailer for Morbius, uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture pops up at the end, and a lot of people are saying that this was part of the uh after credits sequence oh it has to be i i just i'm watching this trailer and i'm like oh that's the movie yeah uh let's see tyrese gibson is hanging out uh matt smith is gonna play uh loxious crown is that how you say that l-o-x-i-a-s lucius lucius is that lucius oh man i'm the worst so lucius crown uh, I'm assuming that's a villain, probably somebody who's watching Michael Morbius's research or something like that. Maybe he also gets turned into a vampire. Uh, Tyrese is hanging out. Yeah, I love how Michael Keaton on IMDb is listed as being in this movie, but has no character name next to him <laughs> as if it hasn't already been revealed in another movie. So this trailer is super dark, super blue, super metallic. 
and very much giving you a, like I said, a Venomverse kind of vibe. Now, I will say this. I was not excited for Venom when it was coming out remotely. And the trailers didn't do anything for me at all. And I thought it looked real bad. And then I saw it, and I'll say it. I've watched Venom and I've uh, twice, and I've liked that movie twice. It is not one of the best comic book movies of... Was that last year? Two years ago. Or the ago. year before? It was 2018, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, there was a reason we didn't nominate it for anything. But the buddy cop thing kind of got me. Some of the action's fun. Some of the banter between the symbiote and, and Eddie Brock was good watching Tom Hardy do another one of his like mumble core performances <laughs> through that movie was a bit of a hoot. And I just, you know, as something harmless as something that obviously isn't going to light uh, the world on fire, like the Marvel movies tend to do, although it did plenty of money at the box office. I, you know, I, I did not hate that movie. I enjoyed that movie. Uh, you know, to a point and i i'm i'm i don't want to judge morbius i don't want to talk too much trash about it before it comes out before i see it i just i don't understand how jared leto keeps showing up in comic book movies (laughs) and i'm not i'm not more than anything it's not that i don't like the character character's fine especially with uh vita ayala writing uh the character for marvel right now which is cool I just don't I don't care for Jared Leto and I don't know that I'm in the mood right now for a movie that so far the trailer like it just looks like it's going to be anywhere from okay to good mm-hmm. but it stars him and he's a weird dude and I've heard a lot of different stories as as have many of you about like kind of his behavior on set and and what he thinks is method acting and how to treat your your co-stars and and your your cast members and stuff like that and your cruisemen and i just he rubs me the wrong way so the idea of him starring in this movie does not excite me therefore i i i find very little drawing me to this movie that being said i reserve the right to be wrong once it comes out and turns out to be anywhere from okay to good so those are my thoughts. I've watched the trailer several times and every time that it ends, I'm just like, okay. Like it's not, it's not getting me pumped. We'll talk about a trailer in a few minutes that has me more excited than this. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Joey, what are you, uh, what are your thoughts on the Morbius trailer? I'm with you. And I blame people like you for liking Venom so much that we're getting a movie about Morbius. <laughs> so I'll just throw that out there. Uh, you and the billion dollars it raked in in China. Um, Dude, it was okay. I watched it that movie fun. again with my roommates who loved that movie. And I'm like, I hate everyone. <laughs> um, I could watch it right now. No, I know, I know. And, and I, it's whatever. Uh, the difference though, at least with, with Morbius, is that Venom, at the very least, is this pulpy, schlocky bunch of nonsense. Uh, I don't know if that was the intention when they made it, but that's what happened. Nope. That's what um, we got. And Morbius doesn't 
appear to have any of that and who knows maybe as like you said the movie might come out and it and it might you know totally we might be totally misjudging it but it just feels like a movie from 2005 to me it feels yeah, like totally. a movie that looks like it's from 2005 it feels like that in terms of you know oh look at us it's so dark and i'm a vampire right like uh you know his his fiance is half his age it's it's like the actress playing her it's Mm -hmm. it's everything about it just reeks of like oh hi we're a major studio and we have this 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 ip that we want to use as much of it as we can and capitalize on it as much as we can and so let's get this oscar winner in here to do this uh this movie um i'm not excited for it again i agree with you i don't care about it um i but like you said i think that the movie will be okay uh Mm -hmm. and that's that's what it's going to be the the spider verse connections right uh uh jk simmons michael keaton the, the trailer gives so much away from the jump um you could pretty much trace out the entire arc of the film just from this one trailer, uh, including the after credit scene is my guess. Um, but yeah, I just don't care enough to really, you know, be excited about anything from it. I think it's interesting. Have they confirmed that they're moving toward a sinister six? They've been wanting to make that movie for 15 years. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if they if they expect a Sinister Six movie to be like some kind of big Comic Con announcement, like Sinister Six coming in, you know, November of 2023 or whatever, and we're leading up to to this with Morbius and Scorpion and and whatever, like, they have enough of the characters. I don't know if they have all six, but I just I wonder what they're what their team is going to look like. And I just don't think that that movie, that announcement is going to have any sort of impact no. when they, when they do announce it. Cause yeah. everybody's known that that that's coming for yeah. what the better part of the, the last two way, years. The only way the announcement works is if Sony's like, hi, we're going to use Tom Holland and he's going to first face the sinister six, right? Like that's the only way that announcement works. And so far, Sony has been very coy about if they're even allowed to use Tom Holland in any kind of non MCU related thing. And it blew up when, when they weren't going to let Marvel use him anyway, uh, over the summer, um, mm-hmm. Spider-Man shows up in this trailer as a graffiti on the wall, but it's the freaking Sam Raimi suit. Sam Raimi suit. Cause that's probably what Sony has the licensing for. So it's, it's very, it's very complicated here and it just all of that that gray again just kind of soils the the whole enterprise for me as a viewer and but again nobody else cares about that so people are going to go flock to morbius and be like oh it's a spider-man movie and it'll probably be okay it'll probably get a 58 percent on rotten tomatoes be in the conversation (laughs) for, for for a weekend and then we'll move on to the next thing I think you are a hundred percent, my friend. I think we're all on the same page. It's uninspiring for me. It didn't change my mind one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Sort of, yeah. It's it's a Morbius movie. <laughs> Which is now, it was a it was a Morbius movie that featured the Spider-Man with six arms back when he originally debuted. That might be interesting. Mm. 
when Spider-Man was trying to cure his own problems by some more spider stuff and went up with extra arms. But this is just sort of, yeah. I mean, could you watch it on cable? It would be an okay way to spend an Mm -hmm. hour and a half. Probably. I think it would be more exciting if Sony were to make some kind of a presentation for this this thing that they're trying to build here because it just feels like information and movies for it are kind of trickling out. Yeah. And I think it would be better for them if they, if they did some kind of thing, it's some kind of like, you know, I don't know, entertainment showcase show TCA or whatever they're, they're doing and said, you know, this is our slate. We're building towards the sinister six and we're, you know, Tom Holland is going to show up. Uh, we can't say which movie, but like we do have access to him and, yeah. you know, Spider-Man will be in our Spider-Verse and just came out one day and just like dominated the news, the news cycle for for a day with this big Marvel, Disney Marvel like announcement, some kind of a calendar uh, with, you know, milestone markers for movies and just say, look, everybody, we have a plan. The this problem is, what... is that the problem is that Morbius, Sinister Six, Black Cat, Silver Sable, all these things are like leftover projects from years ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like some of them have been in development for 10 years, some for five, some for one. And it's just like all of this hodgepodge of pieces that I don't think they have a plan. They're trying to see Venom was a massive success for them. So they were like, let's do that. You know, let's try so hard for that. So hard that we're like, screw that. Give us Tom Holland back on our Spider-Man's ours again. That blew up in their faces. So now they're stuck with this. Morbius has been in development for four years uh, with Jared Leto attached. So it's just like they are slowly just leaking out like, here's this IP we have. Here's this we have. Oh, here's another thing. Oh, check that out. Check that out. And if someone comes along and they're like, hey, I got an idea for Sinister Six, finally, they'll be like, okay, let's do oh. it. Uh, it just it just feels, you know, uh, totally un, unconnected, right? And and if, if Michael Keaton hadn't shown up at the end of this trailer, people would have been like, whatever. But the only thing people are talking about with all this Morbius stuff isn't Morbius. It's the fact that now somehow it's part of the MCU in some way because of the Michael Keaton uh, cameo in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all kind of slapdash. Yeah. We go back to Raimi wanting to do the Sinister Six, and he was building towards it when they inserted Venom into his third movie. But if, I, think, if, I think I've only seen Spider-Man 3 one time. I think I saw it in the theater, and I've never seen it again. If we had moved toward a Sinister Six that was, and obviously it'll never happen again, they're not going to bring these people back after 15 or 18 years. But if it was a a Willem Dafoe, Thomas Hayden Church, Alfred Molina, Dylan Baker, throw Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio into it and do the real Sinister Six, as opposed to the second tier Sinister Six they're moving towards, might have been interesting with those characters having a history with a Spider-Man at least, but... Too many years have passed. I'm, I guarantee that. Damn. Damn. Damn, yo. <laughs> but the movie itself will probably be okay. Yes. Now, that yeah. said, I was at the library yesterday. I had to return Shin Godzilla, which was terrible. Uh, I was looking at the, you know, the action movies, and I had in my hand Venom, 
and the last Shaft movie, the comedy, and I end up putting them both back in disgust and went home. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of a snappy line from Venom, but nothing's coming to mind. Uh, <laughs> Eddie, oh, so, something Eddie. about, uh, what was it, a, a turd in the wind? Eddie. <laughs> that's that's it by every line in the movie. I, we, Bronwyn and I might have to watch Venom later after all this. I'll go watch Blade. Thank you very much. Look, we always go and see these movies. You know, we're going to do the shows. We're going to do the review movie shows and whatever. So it's going to happen. Whether whether we're excited for it or not, it's going to happen. I would like to be pleasantly surprised, but I think that I I need more confidence in this Spider-Verse Sony enterprise that they're trying to do. I just don't, I don't have it, any of it yet. You know, I don't know what the plan is. And that, uh, that makes me feel a little lost in all of this, as I'm sure many other people do. So anyway, uh, who knows? Maybe it'll be good. Morbius. Uh, oh, wow. July 31st. So it's going to be a while. Uh, one last thing I'll say, though, he looks great. Like in terms of the, that shot of him as Morbius fully transformed, the 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 makeup and or CG, whatever they've they've done, a mixture of the two, to make that look, it looks. I think it looks real good. So, we will see. Jared Leto, not a fan. Okay, <laughs> I'm just being honest. I've seen him in stuff that I like. Those movies, I just don't particularly care for for him okay bloodshot bloodshot though valiant is going to the big screen dave wilson is your director for bloodshot bloodshot stars uh vin diesel as ray garrison aka bloodshot toby kebble my man toby kebble interviewed him for the uh war for the planet of the apes He's in this. Uh, who else do we got here? Uh, oh, Isa Gonzalez. Ooh, this is shaping up. Guy Pierce. Uh, what's that? Isn't Guy Pierce in it? Uh, yes, I believe he is. He's in the trailer. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Vin Diesel. They've been trying to another movie. They've been trying to make for quite some time. Is uh, is going to be Bloodshot, and so for me, I thought the first trailer looked. A little rough it looked like it had potential but it just it looked a little bit rough i don't know if all the effects were done yet or whatever but uh valiant i gotta find out who's putting this movie out uh, like who the distributor is the studio but they they released a new trailer for this and i gotta tell you as somebody who really likes vin diesel in just about anything i don't know what it is about the guy uh i dig his his whole deal he he's he is this character. He looks like he's going to do a good job. I think the nanite stuff is super cool. There's a couple of really epic action shots in this trailer. Like there's a there's a moment where he's fighting this dude that has uh, like a backpack that has like spider legs that fly out of it. And he's like beating them down in an empty elevator shaft and just punches him right through the ground, and like I'm there for that. That looks cool. So, yeah, as somebody who's only read a handful 
of Bloodshot before. I think I've dabbled in Jeff Lemire's run of the character for at least a volume or two. And I, I totally enjoyed my time with it uh, a lot. I don't know why I ever stopped reading it. I'll have to uh, see if I have the rest of them. But I look, I got to tell you, I'm I'm genuinely excited to see this movie. And I'm excited to see Valiant really making an, an, an effort to break into this market with a, a big scale star and a big scale effects movie like this. It looks pretty bananas. So those are my thoughts. Uh, Bob, if you, you check yeah. out the trailer a little bit. Yeah. And as you said, I'm more excited for the Valiant idea that they mm-hmm. are getting their projects to a big stage. Not that I've ever read much, but everyone who's really invested in the value universe speaks to its quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So great. We'll introduce a new character as all these Marvel characters were new characters to virtually everybody when they started their universe all those years ago. Absolutely. The, yeah. The vibe I got from this movie and it's a good thing. Very eighties action movie mm-hmm. over the top craziness. Sci-fi. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Why not? A demolition man kind of thing, maybe which all, all good. So in, I'm very interested in this one, much more so than with Morbius. Yeah. That shot of him running through the wall, like that concrete yeah. wall, just boom, like right through it. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Let's do more of that. Joey. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I think it looks great. I think it the just between the two trailers, I, I think that it's a very exciting prospect. The cast is great. The the It has a different vibe from everything else. Uh, it feels like... I mean, it is Hardcore Henry. If you saw Hardcore Henry a couple of years ago, that first person. Oh, uh, that like GoPro movie? Yeah, which was sickening. Just like literally, like physically, you would get mm. motion sickness watching that movie. But the premise is very similar, right? Um, in terms of, you know, this soldier being rewired and sent on memory wiped missions. Uh I love it. I think it's a really cool premise. I think it, Bob, like you were saying, it fits this this uh, genre action sci-fi flick that I always have fun watching. And have Vin Diesel at the core of it, I think, is a great choice, too. He even gets a little emotional in this trailer and starts yelling and stuff. And I was like, damn, Ooh. Vin Diesel, okay, we're getting a performance out of you this time. Um <laughs> It feels like a lot of fun. It feels like a great introduction to this Valiant universe. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. I really am. And that's only in uh, two months. March, I think. Uh, middle yeah, of March. March 13th. Yep. So let's do it. Yeah. I Is this uh, is this going to be our first uh, comic book movie of the no. year? Birds of Prey. Right. Oh, the new uh, trailer for Birds of Prey was great, too. That, that movie looks crazy. I still, you know, I've just been burned by the Warner Brothers trailers so many times I know, that I, I, I want to see the film. But they used Bjork's oh so, It's Oh So Quiet, or at least a cover of it. So, yay. They used yay. Bohemian Rhapsody, too, though. So, oh, man. Uh, I, I look, I'll say this for, for Birds of Prey. That movie looks like it has attitude for days. I really, really like all the characters that are being introduced in this. And if nothing else, it looks so colorful. Yeah. There's so much like confetti and crazy outfits. The set designs are pretty wild. And I, I there's one. Yeah. The hyena, uh, Bruce, Bruce, the hyena is, is in this. 
and like car chases and throwing dynamite out of a convertible or whatever. I I'm genuinely excited for this. I really, really hope that aside from Wonder Woman after after the first Wonder Woman going over so well in 1984 looks like it's going to be this year's winner so far. Uh, genuinely very excited for that. It would be really cool for DC to have another win. Like they, They've been on a good streak with Aquaman and Shazam. What? If birds... <laughs> for other people, look, I didn't really like Shazam, but a ton of other people did. Well, and it was wrong. a big hit for them. They made a lot of money. Uh, Sony is releasing the, uh, uh, Bloodshot. Bloodshot? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there you go. I should have known that. I went to that Valiant panel at uh, the last time I was at Comic Con, but they were they were talking about all kinds of like television shows, and I, I don't know if any of them ever actually came out. No, that's a shame. They had they brought people up on stage. They had a ton of plans for that. I wonder if that's been scrapped entirely. To look into that. So yeah, comic book movies coming at you in twenty twenty. Forgetting one. Are we? Oh, Black Widow. Black Widow? Yeah. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. We talked about the Black Widow trailer the last time. We can talk about the new one yeah. if you want. The second one's yes. better. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah, sure. Still some CGI issues on some of it, but that's definitely improved. We get a really good look at Taskmaster, which is a lot of fun seeing that, that power set. And mm-hmm. for those, not that I discovered this, but uh, someone else has, and Joey has locked down the time. There's a moment at about 14 to 16 seconds of this that might answer a whole lot of questions about where and or when we are in terms of Tasha's life and stuff. You think it's time travel. I think so, because that's a whole... To to let everyone know, in that little time frame, and as Joey points out, depending on which trailer you're seeing on what site, it looks very obvious that she's uh, that Natasha is holding some pim particle mm. holders, which may get you why William Hurt looks like he does, and all mm. sorts of things. Is she erasing the red in her ledger in ways we hadn't thought? She Interesting. Was that would that mm. would take this to a whole nother level. I thought this was just a spy movie. You know, they're taking on the widows. They're going back to the red room, fighting some stuff. I thought that those pin particle vials were the ones stolen in ant-man one and they were tying up that loose thread oh okay way back when i have no idea what you guys are talking about i didn't notice any vials of any kind i didn't either but she's standing in that apartment near the the fridge yeah she's got these red and silver things yeah she's got red and silver things in her hands that people have then taken a shot from an ant-man movie and this, and sort of put them side by side. It's sort of the Zapruder film, I guess. Yeah. But, but you, it's wow. Yeah, Maybe. this could be. Oh, you saying there? You saying he? She's 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 time traveling. Yep. That's why William Hurt's forty-five years old and not a seventy-year-old Secretary of State? Oh, maybe. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Oh. <laughs> Joey's a bit more up on the movie after this. I I was always excited for Black Widow, and I think the trailers mm-hmm. were kind of, um, you know, whereas we were like, Morbius will be okay. I was always like, this Black Widow movie is going to be good. 
and I'm going to enjoy it. And I think these trailers have just reaffirmed that for me. Um, mm-hmm. But hey, maybe this is the case and this movie is going to be something a little bit more than, than what we thought it was going to be. This kind of throwaway prequel to finally give Black Widow her due. Maybe it will be something uh, a little bit more significant uh, or connected. Yeah, an open door to other movies, too. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Mm. I uh, I got to rewatch the trailer again because I did not catch those vials. And now you got me very, very curious. 15, 14 16 to 16 seconds. seconds. Yep, right early Just on. Just watch her pull something out of her jacket. All right, I'll have to watch. Well, I can't watch it now because the, the sound will likely come through. But uh <laughs> I will go and check it out for sure. Yeah, I and don't get me wrong. I don't mean to make it sound like I'm not excited for the movie. I am very excited for this movie. Much more excited once the trailers came out than I initially was. I did. I wasn't sure if this was a movie that we needed anymore after so long. It just feels like something that she should have had her own movie a long time ago. Yeah. And seeing as Black Widow's story seemingly ends the way it does in Endgame, I just didn't know that I saw much of a point to them doing this without it just being like a we're sorry, so here is that Black Widow movie that you've always wanted after, you know, we... I think some of that is true. (laughs) I I think that is definitely part of it. But if they found a way to work it into some of these larger questions... That's what I'm saying, yeah. If they do that, if this pin particle thing turns out and that's what's going on, I am a hundred times more interested in this than I was this morning, if that's the case. And if and look, and even if that's not the case, I'm still excited for it. I just it looks very Black Widow story that I've read before mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. If you introduce that other element to it, though, that changes the game entirely. I can't imagine them releasing a movie especially the first one of the new phase with something that takes place long ago or at least between uh infinity war and i guess captain america civil war is when this takes place uh i just i can't expect i can't imagine them doing something that resides entirely in the past so i figured it out okay here we go here's what this movie is about in Endgame. When they bring back the time travel stuff. Sorry, when they bring the pin particle stuff and Clint comes back with the glove and stuff. Mm-hmm. Black Widow sees that and she thinks this is my chance to go back and change things. And the movie's going to be about her going back in time and trying to wipe the red from her ledger. And the end mm-hmm. of the movie is going to be her realizing that you can't like your past is your past and you need to move on and then comes back to the present. And then she's able to then sacrifice herself, uh, blah, blah, blah in end game because that, 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 I agree. That's I like what it. This movie's going to be. About. Mm, I mean, to get you in the writer's room for the movie that's already been made. <laughs> mm, that's what this movie's going to be about. I do that. If, if that turns out to be the case, that would be, Health thing and Taskmaster is gonna be Natasha Romanoff. <laughs> I agree with that too. In you think so? Alternate universe as she fiddles with the timeline. That's what's gonna happen. What? Yeah. 
Boom! Uh, Look at that. That's crazy. <laughs> Massive predictions going on on the Talking Comics podcast this week from Mr. Joey Bracino. I like it, man. That's it. You don't even I have like to see it. the movie. I'll take nope. $20 no. right now. <laughs> but it. Uh, let's nominate it right now. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So there you go. Anybody else uh, have any trailer thoughts? Nope. No. No. All right. Nah. Nah. I think we talked about it enough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're gonna be putting out the call uh, for some listener questions, probably for next week's podcast. So if you guys want to think of something to ask us about the new year, about stuff to come, or whatever, uh, feel free to do that. We'll put out a tweet for it. But uh, you know, you can always tweet that stuff at us uh, or send us an email. Blah 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 blah. blah. Let's talk about the books that we're excited are coming out this week. Joey, are you picking anything up? Uh, Once in Future, number yeah. six, which I guess is the end of the first arc, but now it's an ongoing, so yeah. Uh, Atlantis Attacks, number one. Greg Pak bringing his Agents of Atlas against uh, 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 Namor, which should be fun Ooh. as well. Um, obviously, Captain Marvel, Fantastic Four, um, Wonder Woman 750 looks awesome. And uh, the new more X Men stuff, Excalibur, Marauders out this week too. So oh yeah, it should be fun. Yeah okay. Um, did you say earlier in the show? I don't mean to uh, skip over your your stuff, but uh, did you have X news that you wanted to talk about? We don't have to talk about it this week. In fact, we should probably wait because they, I feel like more and more news is just leaking mm-hmm. every day. Okay. But the two big ones from this past week were the new X Factor book from Leah Williams and David Baldion. And mm-hmm. the Children of the Atom book from Vita Ayala and Bernard Chang, uh, both taking those titles into some different directions. Cool. Yeah, cool, I'd cool, cool. love to figure out what happened to some of Peter David's X Factor characters. Sniff, sniff. Well, yeah. I mean, Jamie the, and Laura, for instance. You know, no, what's going to happen? Yeah. Laura Miller's, yeah. who, who knows where she's at. But yeah. the, X, the X Factor book from Leah Williams is going to be the this investigative squad with North Star, Polaris, Ken, Rachel Gray, iBoy, and Prodigy investigating mutant deaths before, you know, reviving everyone from death, which is now a thing that happens in X-Men. <laughs> cool. Bob, you read the rest of um, Leah Williams's. Um, Gwen Poole, right? Yeah, I loved it. Okay, yeah, I gotta catch especially, up with that one. It's especially, I, I won't say it then, I'll let you figure, but there's a big surprise in the final issue. Cool. Yeah, I definitely, I I, th- I would like to read that collected. I think issue to issue uh, was a bit much for me, but I definitely want to check that out in trade. Let's see. Uh, Bob, what are you picking up? Well, also along with Joey, we have Captain Marvel, Fantastic Four, Wonder Woman 750, which is a $10 special with, I don't know, 15 covers. Oof. It is also the beginning of them using that as a legacy numbering. From now on, that and The Flash are going to move forward with old-style numbers. Who is, uh, what's the creative team for this? Uh, everybody who's basically ever done Wonder Woman. Oh, so it's, okay, so it's one of those. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's, it's uh, a celebration. Too. Yep. So mm. there, there is that. There is also Metal Men number four. Want to catch up on that? Seven days. Yes. New issue. And I've got some trades coming. By night, the third and final trade of that one. And my two Jessica Jones trades, thanks to you guys reading Purple Daughter. Yeah. Yes. Now, now we'll own them in print. Cool. Blind Spot's really good as well. 
which they just started re-releasing as single issues last week. Mm-hmm. I saw that. I'm glad, it's it's really cool to see them putting that out in so many different ways, and that that keeps getting um, even just like onto the shelves. Yeah, it's almost like that's where publishing should go for some hey! of these other books. <laughs> it's almost like it's a good business model. How about that? Let me see. What else? Uh, a lot of the books you guys are, are uh, picking up, I am as well. Uh, I'm also picking up Batman 87. Uh, Going to continue on with Folklords, number three, coming out. Uh, there's a Birds of Prey giant, number one, from Gail Simone. It's coming out this week. Uh, Family Tree, Jeff Lemire. And uh, oh, I don't remember the first name, but Hester, Nick Hester, maybe something like that. I'm so sorry. Uh, Middle West, number 14. Excalibur, Marauders, some good stuff. It's uh, it's, it's warming up. January is warming up in the uh, in the old comics. Maybe we'll see uh, a couple of really big uh, releases the following week. I don't know. I never look. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that might be it. I think it's time for me to go and get my bagels and uh, eat my weight in them on on my birthday. Nice. I got some Good phone calls to make too. My phone's been dancing on the table with people uh, calling a. Uh, Wish me well. Yeah, we get it. It's your birthday. I know. It's, it is. It's my birthday. <laughs> anyway. You should watch uh, Happy Death Day to you or Happy Death oh, Day. Or, Happy Death or... Day is the best. Yeah, we Those movies a... are great. Oh, does anybody have any closing statements? Nope. Nope. All right. Uh, Ryan North next week. Next, Not next week. Tomorrow. Thursday. Uh, and then a show the following week you know you know what's going on all right we've reached the end of this week's edition of the talking comics podcast as always you can send us your comments or questions through our email podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. we are also on twitter at talking comics don't forget to check out talkingcomicbooks.com for reviews from our fantastic contributors and please go and listen to talking valiant dnd adventure and of course the ladies of valhalla uh, if you missed the last episode, that is out now. It was not on our feed, but on theirs. I will be posting it soon. Uh, it was like a best of 2019 recap and what we're looking forward to in 2020. Uh, that was Sarah and Bronwyn and myself. I was a an honorary lady for that episode and had a great time. So go and check that out. So, Bob, if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, where would they find you? Old-fashioned email, Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. Joey at Joey Bracino. Sarah is at Geek Country Lady on Twitter. Jessica is at Jarsica for all the things, and Bronwyn is at Shiny Baby B. So for Bob, Boom Shakalaka. <laughs> for Joey, bye. Thank you very much. Uh, I am Steve Say. Thank you for for all the birthday wishes and everything because it's my birthday, birthday time. I'm just trying to annoy Joey at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So, but seriously, thank you so much for listening. Be excellent to each other. And until next time on the Talking Comics podcast, to be continued.
pile of movies that we made last night and uh, didn't end up watching any of them. So we'll probably watch some of them today. Uh, We ended up watching that Aaron Hernandez thing on uh, Netflix, the Mm -hmm. football killer uh, story. Football killer. (laughs) Football killer. Football player killer story. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty gripping. Like, you want to watch you, a crazy murder thing on Netflix? Watch "Don't Fuck with Cats." Oh um, yes, that shit I've was wild. About, I've heard about that. Yeah, stuff. Uh, stuff to watch now that the Mandalorian isn't on anymore. <laughs> anyway, uh, let me find the stuff. 